to Eat This Scroll, a University Fellowship Church podcast. We get together twice a week, chew on God's word, and bring the delectables to you for your listening and spiritual uh, pleasure. That's the goal here is that you are enriched and uh, maybe a tiny bit entertained, though that hopefully that's not the majority of what you receive here. But yeah, we get uh, staff members in to share what they are chewing on in God's word. And this week we have Jamie Harms with us. Hello, Jamie. Hi, Chris. Um, happy to have you, as always. Well, good. Now, this chewing on God's word thing has a little bit more uh, tooth to it this week. <laughs> you see what I did there? That was two puns. Two puns, you guys. I've been thinking about it since the last time, since I'm still stuck on feast. No, this came to me in a moment of wow. inspiration. I uh, It'll never happen again. I peaked out. <laughs> comedically this is the pinnacle of my existence um but you are coming with feasts more feasts yes 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 we've got seven of them so we're kind of halfway through our study now with the ladies yeah and they've been i mean for me at least um really interesting to learn about Mm -hmm. and see just the parallels and what the implications are for us today. Exactly. I am totally amazed every time I start digging into one of these feasts, because we're, as a Christian church, we're a little bit familiar with Passover. We know that's associated with Easter. But by the time we get to some of these other feasts, we have no idea what they are. Mm-mm. And the more we, I've been digging through, the more I'm just amazed at God's intentionality and yeah. his pursuit of his people. And so he gives his people these these instructions and these feasts so that they might know him. And then it's really fascinating to see how his people um, carry those out because mm-hmm. it also shows us how they view their God. Yeah. And and so anyway, it's it's been really, really encouraging and challenging for me as I've been studying the feasts. Yeah. I know one thing that I have really hoped the listener gets out of these Mm -hmm. is just a deeper appreciation for the Old Testament. Exactly. Because it's so easy for us to read so much of that and go, oh my gosh, what am I reading genealogy Mm -hmm. and the Kings and Chronicles? We're going through this again. And you you lose track of the bigger picture, but you're giving us like a window into that to show us, hey, these things that maybe seem um, obscure or antiquated Mm -hmm. are actually really beautiful tapestries that kind of looked forward to Christ in some way. Exactly. And it's, it is sometimes hard to understand Leviticus because this is where we're getting most of our stuff <laughs> yeah. from um, because we don't understand the offerings and the sacrifices and all of these different things that they're mentioning is not part of our culture today. Mm-hmm. Um, the, we're, we've been using a book called Seven Feasts by Erin Davis as kind of our guide through, through this study. And she met with a rabbi mm-hmm. and a rabbi was saying he could not believe that we as Christians don't study Leviticus Mm -hmm. because we have to know the sacrificial system in order to understand who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for us. And so he was flabbergasted that all you know is the New Testament, Mm -hmm. but wait, it won't make sense unless you know Leviticus. (laughs) Right. What a funny observation. I Mm -hmm. think that's probably got to be one of the top five books that Christians are least familiar with. Possibly, but it's in the smack dab in the middle of the Pentateuch or the mm-hmm. Torah. Mm-hmm. And so often what you see with um, Hebraic literature and is, is the middle is the most important. It's kind of like building to the middle. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. Leviticus is the smack dab in the middle. It's the most important. It's the heart of the Torah. Interesting. And so, you know, that that's another reason why they're like, I can't believe you don't know this. Yes, you don't know your Torah very well, but especially Leviticus. Mm-hmm. This is the heart of it. Yeah. 
to use a fancy vocab word, I'll quiz you guys on the end. That's it's Uh-oh. like a, a chiasm. <laughs> it is like a Hebrew poetry structure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where you've got kind of parallels on both sides pointing inward. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Very very cool. So, what yes. feast are we on this week? Well, or we, feasts? Feasts. Well, we're going to talk about, uh, primarily about one. Okay. Um, it's called Feast of Weeks, mm-hmm. and you can of course. Oh, exactly, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can read about it in Leviticus twenty three. Leviticus twenty three is a great little synopsis of all seven feasts. It has them listed out with their requirements, okay, and in order and how they're all tied together. And so, what we see is. We have Passover and unleavened bread, which were instituted um, as they're coming out of Egypt. And then first fruits, it was t- meant to be celebrated once they were in the promised land. And then there is this waiting period that they have to count out seven weeks. It says, you shall count seven full weeks from the day after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering. That's first fruits. And you shall count 50 days to the day after that seventh Sabbath. And then they present their offerings and so forth. And so it's meant to be this season of waiting mm. and remembering. And when we look at how the Jewish people celebrate this, they call it counting the Omer. So the Omers were the sheafs that they would bring in, and they were the blessings that came from that first fruit. Okay. And so it was a very intentional 50 days of blessings and thanksgiving. Mm. And so that that would set them up then to do the Feast of Weeks, which was something that they would bring those first fruits in. So the, the farmers, it was a very agrarian culture, would tie a ribbon around the first blossoms that they would see on their almond trees. or the, And then they knew that that was the first fruits that they were to mm. then bring in when they came into um, the, the Feast of Weeks. And they also had, I, um, which I found really interesting, that they weren't to plow the very edges of their fields when they were doing all of this, because that was to take care of the sojourner and the stranger and the poor in their yes. land. And yeah. so while they're bringing in their first fruits to God that take care of the priests in, in many respects, it also takes care of the poor and the strangers in their land too. So while they're in this season of waiting and thanksgiving, that's also a way God is providing for for them as a whole community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. What a beautiful picture. Yes, it is. And it really draws our attention. You know, sometimes it, you can feel the pull to uh, oh, oh, be more heavenly minded than your earthly good or mm-hmm. be more earthly good than your heavenly minded. And so there's almost a balance there that it presents. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so when we look at the New Testament and we think of 50 days, well, what happened? And this is 50 days after the first fruits. Mm-hmm. What happened on first fruits again? Do you remember? Uh-oh. Come on, brain. <laughs> 50 days, first fruits, 50 days has to do with Jesus? It does have to do with Jesus. Mm. Jesus is the answer, right? Yeah, that's it. Jesus, <laughs> prayer, the Bible, something in there. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. Passover yeah. was Christ's death. Uh-huh. Unleavened bread was Christ's burial. Mm-hmm. First fruits was Christ's resurrection. resurrection. Mm-hmm. So 50 days after yes. the resurrection, when we look at the New Testament, 50 means penta in Greek, we get Pentecost. Okay. And New Testament Christians, we're probably a little more familiar with Pentecost and what happened on Pentecost. Yeah. Because uh, that's Acts 2 and the giving of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of this waiting, 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 and then get being given the, the power to live out what we have been called to do in the waiting mm-hmm. is tied in with the Feast of Weeks. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they spent that time in prayer. Mm-hmm. They spent it together teaching mm-hmm. each other um, in community. And um, it, if my remembrance of Acts 2 is that the one of the things that the Holy Spirit uh, implied for them was that the second 
the kingdom was coming, mm-hmm. second coming yes. of Christ, that, mm-hmm. that he was coming to establish his physical kingdom. And of course, Jesus' response is, uh, nobody knows. This mm-hmm. isn't, that's not what we're talking about here necessarily. So I'd be curious to see if that ties into the Feast of Weeks mm-hmm. at all. Well, the, as it, the first three feasts that we talked about are tied in with Christ's first coming, and we're going to see the last three are really tied to the second coming. Mm-hmm. And so the Feast of Weeks, just like the previous ones, are looking forward to those up-and-coming feasts. So we will see how it's tied in with this anticipation of God's kingdom coming and Him being established in His kingdom with His second coming. Mm-hmm. So there is a tie-in there. Wow, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. That's so exciting. It's fun to see how that all comes together. I mean, like I said, I don't want to be a beat a dead horse, but uh, <laughs> just seeing how something that we would just have no interest in knowing about mm-hmm. how many this and that's and how many times you wave the thing or whatever, you mm-hmm. know, all the steps are. And yet, like you said, how intentional God is in, mm-hmm. in pointing forward to something he's doing. Exactly. And I find it interesting that it's very agrarian in this society and so you do see all these grain offerings and so forth but when the temple was destroyed um the 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 leaders really changed the focus of the feast of weeks to the giving of the torah Mm. um and i found that really interesting uh, because it's not tied in with the leviticus 23 passage but when we look in exodus we see that they were at mount sinai in the third month so Passover's in the first month, this is in the third month, that's roughly 50 days. So in Jewish tradition, they received the Torah 50 days after their freedom from slavery. And so that that idea of receiving the Torah and being a covenant people, and now the Torah is the way that they can have a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. They're in a covenant relationship with Him. And so when we look at the New Testament, God chooses Pentecost, where they're probably thinking Torah as well as this, yeah. um, to say, well, here's the Holy Spirit. This is how yeah. you are going to be in covenant with me. He is the seal of my covenant mm-hmm. in your life. He is the one who's going to bear fruit as they're bringing their, first, their fruits to the temple. And so, you know, it, it's tied in so much with God's pursuit of his people and his plan of redemption to provide a way for them to know him yeah. and for us to know him. <laughs> and so, even though we don't celebrate Feast of Weeks, we still have seasons of waiting mm-hmm. and we still have, are thankful for his blessings, which mm-hmm. can be its own spiritual discipline in and of itself. And we still have the gift of the Holy Spirit confirming the covenant that we have with Christ, and it gives us the power to live out what we have been called to through that covenant, because we can't do it ourselves. Yeah, yeah. What a reversal when you think that they were leveraging the Torah and the, the works righteousness mm-hmm. and um, how well they could observe and the additional laws and things like that. And he's like, no, 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 no. You got it all backwards. I'm going to show up and I'm going to do this outside of you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to deliver the Holy Spirit. And he is going to empower, separate, regenerate all the above Mm -hmm. to make this possible. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. um, is this, uh, and I'm going to, I might jump ahead. So, you stop me. Go for it. I'm doing something I shouldn't hear. (laughs) But um, I'm thinking about the waiting period. Mm -hmm. You know, we talked about the 50 days waiting period. 50 days. Um, We now are in a waiting period. Yes. Until Christ returns. Yes. Is that connected here to weeks or is that connected to the other feasts or? That is connected to weeks. So um, there's a lot of scholars out there who kind of attribute the Feast of Weeks as to our current church age. Gotcha. Um, And so we see the the physical... 
salvation that we receive through Christ on the cross mm-hmm. um, and the spiritual as well in those first three. And then this is the current age. And then we're looking forward to Christ's second coming because he hasn't come yet mm-hmm. um, in those last three. So if you're looking at the timeline of these feasts, we are living in this waiting period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So what what can weeks inform us as everyday just mundane <laughs> believers going to the grocery store um, about and adjusting yes. our lives to reflect what this fest- feast is talking mm-hmm. about. Well, the more I look at the feast, the more I realize the timing of them also helps the people to not forget mm-hmm. because over and over we see the Israelites forgetting who God was, <laughs> forgetting shocking. what he says. Yeah. And we we seem shocked by that. But then if we look in our own lives, we are also oh, yeah. a forgetful people. Yeah. And so I think the Feast of Weeks really calls us to that stopping and remembering mm-hmm. and that giving of thanks, because that helps us then see God at work around us and takes our eyes off of ourselves. And so I think we are to do the same <laughs> in yeah. the waiting. Yeah, I think of... Uh, often actually the idea of an Ebenezer mm-hmm. and, you know, establishing this kind of like uh waypoint for us mm-hmm. to look at and be reminded of who God is and what yes. he's done. Because you're right. It, we have such a propensity to just to say, you know, the disciples, how could you be so dense? You know, or, or the <laughs> Israelites, are you kidding me? You just passed through the Red Sea after 400 years of slavery and you're building golden idols. What are you doing with your life? <laughs> exactly. And, but you're absolutely right. We, we are just as forgetful. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you, can, you can encounter God in a real tangible way. And within a week's time, you're, you've invited those old habits back mm-hmm. in. And, um, and so that is, that is something I think you're right about. We need to be building this into our lives uh, frequently and consistently, just like we talk about preaching the gospel to ourselves Mm -hmm. every day, Mm -hmm. that we need to hear that and be reminded of who God is, who we are, what he's done, and Mm -hmm. and what our response is to that. And one of the things he's done for us is he's given us the Holy Spirit. And Mm -hmm. so in this period of waiting, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit is a reminder Mm -hmm. uh, to us of what God has said and that comforter. And it's through him that we bear that fruit yeah. That love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's where we see the power of the Holy Spirit start to manifest itself while we wait. And if it's through Him, what does that imply? It's not by us. It's not through us. <laughs> oh my gosh, Jamie, that'll <laughs> preach. Yeah. What a, I mean, that really is the reminder we have to have. Mm-hmm. It's not us. Stop it. It's not us. Rely on Him. And I've I've started the practice of Thanksgiving and I've been... Better and worse at it over the years. But I want a report card next to me. Okay, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but for a long time, I just keep a journal or a, a stack of paper right next to my kitchen sink and so that I could every time stop and just write three things down every time I walk by. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing the perspective that you have when you start to really thank God for all of the little things and the big things. Yeah. And, and so you can see his hand at work and you can remember and that becomes your Ebenezer, mm-hmm. that reminder. Yeah. So be thankful. Well, that seems like a great practice we can recommend to our people Mm -hmm. is write these things down. And I know there's probably, you know, a couple of you who are like, I don't write things down. I'm not, you know, touchy-feely, blah, blah, blah. Um, But this really is, I think, a discipline of intentionally not being Mm self-reliant, bringing back to our memory Mm -hmm. who he is. Just like the Israelites were dependent upon God for their crops and for their first fruits. It was a reminder of dependence on him, and we are dependent, and he has given us the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. What a good reminder. Jamie, 
A pleasure as always. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Thank you for sharing about the feast. And we will get you. What? Okay. What's the next one? Next feast is trumpets. <sighs> and then we've got atonement followed by booths. Okay. So we'll see see what I've got for you next time. Okay. Trumpets might get uh, apocalyptic maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Is that what you hope? I don't know. All right. No, that stuff freaks me out. <laughs> Anyways, on that note, uh, thank you for coming. Thank you guys for listening. We will get you next time. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's Word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week, so please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples.